0: reading of his word let's bow our heads together in prayer now father we ask for thy help in understanding the scriptures this day we pray lord that you would encourage us and inspire us even as these disciples of thine who being gathered together prayed for great boldness to go and preach the gospel that we also might in these days have a boldness about us that we might serve thee and lord that we might not be afraid knowing that thou art the creator of the ends of the earth, and all things shall be accomplished according to thy purposes. Bless us then, we ask thee, and help us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to take as a text here today, verse 33, which says, And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all it's amazing in actual fact although we read from luke's gospel uh, the account of the resurrection of christ and the things that were seen there how little is actually given to the physical resurrection of the lord jesus uh, we find that the gospel writers uh, write very very small amount in fact uh, concerning that resurrection in matthew's gospel it's just uh, chapter 28 which is very short And even then, uh, the end of that gospel is about the Lord Jesus going into Galilee and then uh, taking the people, uh, taking his disciples and departing from them. Mark's gospel, likewise, it's just the very last chapter, which is a short one. And again, uh, it really doesn't cover very much of that at all. Luke's gospel gives a fairly long account and John's gospel gives a fairly long account but the actual resurrection itself uh, of what they saw when they came to the tomb of the stone being rolled away and the angels being there and so on uh, that that account is quite short and I think there's a significance to that and the significance I would suggest to you is that that which is physical in this world was not the important part uh, it was important in some ways as we will see but it was not what the disciples or the lord wants us to focus upon it's not the very act of christ rising from the dead it's not the rolling back of a stone when christ rose from the dead uh, it's not the emptiness of the tomb which he wants us to focus upon but the power which it, which actually caused this to happen and that same power which is offered to us in this day and age and so we're not just looking back to find for instance Gordon's Calvary so we can go and visit it and say how amazing how big that stone is look at that grave and perhaps that was where Jesus was laid or perhaps there was some other place uh, very much like it and wonder at, at the observation of those things the Lord's not interested in pilgrimages to go to a place or to see. it see things what he's interested in is your heart and my heart he desires that we might know the power of the resurrection and although the resurrection was important as we will see in just a moment nevertheless the the power of the resurrection is continual it is here today it is with us today it is not so something that we look back to historically historically Although we meet on the Easter Sunday, it is not something which is set up in Scripture, is it? Uh, The Scripture doesn't tell us to meet at Easter. It doesn't tell us to set apart the day. It doesn't tell us that one day in the year we should all gather together and remember Christ's death. But what does it tell us? It tells us that we should lay a table, that we should put upon the table the bread and the wine and as oft as we do it, we should remember Christ's death until he come. So we remember that continually. It's not something that we remember once a year. Uh, we were observing just this morning as we left many people going along to the, uh, to the Roman Catholic Church, which is just opposite where we live. And there were crowds going there. Uh, there are quite often uh, a number of people that we see walking along to that service, but nothing like what we saw today. People think that if they go for an Easter service or if they go for a, for a Christmas service, then that's their duty done for the year. But that's not what God is interested in. He wants to see their hearts. He wants to see them uh, transformed and being filled with the Spirit of God. So I want to consider the resurrection in this way. And first of all, we see in this verse, these words, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. There's a lot about the resurrection uh, in the preaching of the gospel, and that was one of the reasons why I was finding it very difficult to to bring something together to preach today, because there is so much said, and you really want to put it all in, but there's no way of putting it all in. And uh, what do you leave out, and, and what do you not say, and what do you say? And uh, the Lord's helped me, I think, to come to something of a solution here today. So first of all, I want to think about this witness that they gave. Now, of course, the Lord Lord told the disciples to go and to witness and give witness to those things which were done. And the first thing we can say then that there was a physical resurrection. It was not, as uh, the old Bishop of Durham once said, a conjuring trick with bones. Uh, There was a physical resurrection. Christ rose from the dead physically. His body was absent And his body did appear to the disciples. And we read there, we read in in Luke's gospel how that he asked them for for food and they gave him a piece of broiled fish. And the second time also in John's gospel it is recorded that he asked them if they had caught anything. And then he told them to cast out their nets on the right side. And they came and he had a fire going and they cooked fish upon the fire and they ate together. And the Lord Jesus showed very clearly that this was not just an apparition. This was not just a, a spiritual appearance. Uh, this was not just a, a ghost, but that he was physically there. He was amongst them. So what can we say about the physical resurrection, first of all? Well, the thing which really stands out to me, I think, about the physical resurrection, apart from the testimonies that were were given, uh, the angels which came, was the evidence that was there. And it's kind of a circumstantial evidence in the fact that when they came to the tomb, um, they they were shown to go uh, into that tomb. So in John chapter 20 and verse 6, then cometh Simon Peter following him that is following john and went into the sepulchre and seeth the linen clothes lie and the napkin that was about his head not lying with the linen clothes but wrapped together in a place by itself and then here's a piece of circumstantial evidence because there were many rumors which went about at that time of course uh, the disciples immediately thought that someone had come or at least the, the women thought immediately that someone had come and taken away the body of jesus And so she asked uh, the man who she supposed to be, the gardener, who turned out to be the Lord Jesus himself. She asked him, please tell me where they have laid him. Now, of course, if soldiers or the men from the temple had come to take away the body of Jesus and move it somewhere else, they weren't going to unwrap it first. They weren't going to take off the grave clothes first. They weren't going to leave the grave clothes laying where he lay and take the the napkin and fold it neatly and put it in a separate place by itself. No, they would have come and they would have done it under the secrecy of night and they would have stolen away the body and they would have taken it as it was. And if they were going to change anything at all, they would have changed it in secret somewhere else. No one was going to hang about the place in case they were found out. And then, of course, the the Pharisees told the soldiers to spread the story that the disciples came at night while the soldiers were asleep and take away the body. But again, if the soldiers were asleep for a start, uh, how the soldiers could sleep through moving the huge great stone uh, from the door, I don't know. But even if they managed to sleep through that, and we know that God is able to cause a sleep to come upon people, he did it. We've seen that in our studies in First uh, Samuel, where all the people were asleep while David walked right through the middle to where Saul was, and that none of them woke up. So we know that that is possible, but nevertheless, even if they came into the tomb, they're not going to unwrap the body of Jesus, they're, 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 they've come to anoint it. They're not going to unwrap the body and take the napkin and fold it neatly and put it down because the soldiers might wake up. And so here is a piece of circumstantial evidence to say that Jesus was raised from the dead because nothing fits with the idea that somehow he was taken away and that he was taken away as a corpse. Jesus rose from the dead. And then, of course, the evidence was also from the angels being there themselves. Uh, and the angel says be not affrighted Uh, interesting word uh, there be not affrighted Uh, ye seek Jesus of Nazareth which was crucified he is risen he is not here behold the place where they laid him and so here again there is this evidence by the fact that the angels are there and saying well he's not here is he Uh, don't you remember what he said to you that he would rise on the third day and he opened their understanding uh, that they should remember the scriptures. So there was an actual physical re- uh, resurrection. And the explanation, of course, also He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spake unto you when He was yet in Galilee. And then the Lord Jesus Himself speaks to those two on the road to Emmaus and says to them, O oh, fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And we also read it there in Luke that later on, again, as he appears in the room with them, that he says that those things which were written in Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms had to be fulfilled. And so the explanation for that physical resurrection was not just the fact that there was that evidence that was there but it had to be done this is the way it had to be done he had to be raised from the dead and so there needed to be a physical resurrection then also we can say that although we have here a physical resurrection we also have a practical resurrection a practical resurrection first of all was a demonstration wasn't it it was a demonstration of the power of God. It was a demonstration of who Jesus Christ was. In Romans chapter 1, the Apostle Paul says in verse 4 that Jesus was declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. He was declared to be the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead and so here is a declaration which is made a demonstration which is made uh, of the fact that christ is indeed who he said he was no one else has been raised from the dead by their own power or directly by god Uh, we know that elijah uh by prayer, uh, uh, raised raised one from the dead. Elisha, by prayer, raised one. The second being the one who was cast into his sepulcher, into his tomb, and revived. And the Lord Jesus raised three from the dead. But in all these points, Jesus was there, and it was an action done from the outside. But Jesus was in a tomb. And he had already told them that the Son of Man hath power to lay down his life, and he had power to take it again this he had received from his father and so here is the demonstration of the uh, divinity of the lord jesus christ that he is raised from the dead a demonstration that we might believe john as he writes says these things are written that ye might believe again we read the, these uh, these words in Luke's gospel in chapter 20 and verse 35, but they which shall be accounted worthy to obtain that world, that is heaven, and the resurrection from the dead, neither marry nor are given in marriage, neither can they die anymore, for they are equal unto the angels and are the children of God, being the children of the resurrection. Now that the dead are raised, even Moses showed at the bush when he called the Lord God, the Lord the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. For well, he is not a God of the dead, but of the living, for all live unto him. You see, Jesus Christ was the life. And God is a God of life. And God bestows life. He gave life at the beginning. Life is uh, dependent upon him. And the Lord Jesus Christ rising from the dead and taking life once again, because death could not hold him, is a demonstration there was a very practical thing that christ should rise from the dead and then of course there was another important aspect and that was the directions which jesus gave after the resurrection of the dead the disciples needed to understand certain things Uh, we we find that when they went to the tomb to see that jesus was risen from the dead they didn't really comprehend what was going on here they thought for instance uh, that someone had stolen the body they didn't understand what quite what was going on and when the when the angels said to them but remember what he said even then in one of the uh, at one at one of one point in their understanding they didn't understand that jesus had said that he had died and was raised again but later on they did understand and all of a sudden the lord opened their understanding that they should understand the scriptures and the scriptures began to mean something far deeper now the Apostle Paul, as I've said on many occasions, preaches what he calls the mystery. And the mystery is that which was contained in the Old Testament, but was not comprehended as to what it actually was. Remember the Ethiopian eunuch upon his chariot and uh, how that Philip joined himself to him. And he said, well, what do these things mean? Who is the, who is the prophet speaking of? Is he speaking about himself? Is he speaking about someone else? And Philip was able to open the scriptures and he was able to to preach to him, Jesus Christ. All of a sudden now they have a a greater comprehension of what it was that God was speaking about as he as he prophesied in the Old Testament. It was the resurrection of Christ. It was the death of Christ. It was the salvation which was through Christ. And now having understanding of, of the fact that Jesus had died and was raised again that this was a the, the very linchpin of the whole of history that this was the pivot upon which everything swang here we have this this uh now new direction which is given to them in acts 1 verse 8 we read but ye shall receive power after that the holy ghost is come upon you And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus had made mention of this already when he went into the temple and cast out the money change. And he said, my house shall be a house of prayer to all nations. And of course, all the way through the Old Testament. It speaks about the word going out to all nations, not just to Israel. Israel didn't really comprehend that. I think they thought that they would become uh, the, the, the super state over all the world and everybody would serve them. That seemed to be their, their understanding of those words. But it was Christ that we should serve. So the directions had to be given. And then, of course, even directions amongst themselves. John 21 15 just taking one of the three events or three statements of Christ so when they had dined Jesus saith to Simon Peter Simon son of Jonas lovest thou me more than these he saith unto him yea Lord thou knowest that I love thee he saith unto him feed my lambs and so here he is uh, he is giving this spiritual application once again and I think Well, there's various interpretations of who the these are, but in my opinion, he was speaking about the fish because because Peter had said, uh, "I go a fishing," and there were others who were with him and said, "Well, we'll come with you." But remember what Jesus said to Peter uh, and to Andrew and James and John: "I will make you fishers of men." And so he is asking, "Do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than the fish which we've gathered onto the shore?" And it's specifically written at that point that there was 153 fish, which is a large catch. Do you love me more than these? And he said, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And So he is showing this again, that ye shall be fishers of men. So the directions are very important. And the practical aspect of the resurrection is the demonstration of who Christ is. The demonstration that there is a resurrection which is to be desired a resurrection unto life where no death follows and also that we are to love one another and serve the lord in this spiritual aspect of our lives thirdly then not just or say not just uh there is as well as the physical resurrection a practical resurrection a powerful resurrection a powerful resurrection And here in verse 33 of Acts 4 it says and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace was upon them all. We've seen the verse recently in in our prayer meetings as we've been going through the book of Ephesians but if you would like to turn to Ephesians chapter 1 and there in verse 17 Ephesians 1 verse 17 it's always best to look for yourself if they particularly if the, the reading is a couple of couple or more verses. Uh, so Ephesians one and verse seventeen we read that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints, and, note these words, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places." You see, there is a power in the resurrection, which is not just a power limited to the resurrection. The power comes not just to the resurrection of Christ from the tomb, but to the resurrection of every soul who was dead in trespasses and sins. And we were all dead in trespasses and sins. But there is a resurrection, there is a a giving of life. And the power, therefore, of the resurrection is very, very important. It is the power that worketh in us. And as of those who come to the prayer meeting would have heard already, in chapter 3 and verse 20, uh, the apostle goes on, Now unto him who is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. We understand how much power this is that God has bestowed upon us through Jesus Christ and through the resurrection. The apostle Paul understood he writes in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10 after he said that being a Pharisee and being uh, righteous according to the law and and being uh, exactly what Judaism required of him says I count all of that just just as done. I count it as awful what you would normally take from the lamb and you would you would cast it aside. I take all that just just as awful it's not worth worth anything to me but that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. And when he speaks of being conformable to his death, he's not talking about his physical death. He is saying that he might die to sin, that the old man might die. Who shall deliver me, he says in Romans 7, from the body of this death. When I would do good, I find evil is present with me. Sin is just there all the time. Who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I desire to know him. The power of his resurrection. The fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death. So we have then the physical resurrection and its evidence and explanation. A practical resurrection, the demonstration of who Christ is and the directions which he gives after, the, after his resurrection. The power of the resurrection also, and finally uh, a present resurrection. In Ephesians two and verse six, if you're still in Ephesians, just across the page now, it says uh, in well we we'll go from verse four in fact, but God who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us or enlivened us, or uh, we might even say raised us back to life together with christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in christ jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through christ jesus now already paul has said in the first chapter that christ was raised from the dead and he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places and now he says he has called us to sit with him in those heavenly places. This is a spiritual resurrection. A spiritual resurrection. It is present then. We're not uh, being taken up with what Christ did. Or what the father did in Christ. When he raised him from the dead. Of which the gospel writers don't say an awful lot. They make uh, make it plain and make it clear. That there was a physical resurrection. But they don't dwell particularly on that. But the gospel preachers throughout the New Testament dwell on the resurrection almost uh, more than anything else in the life of christ because the resurrection is very important to us today we are raised up together with him again romans 7 and verse four wherefore my brethren ye also are become dead to the law by the body of christ that ye should be married to another even to him who is raised from the dead that we should bring forth fruit unto god we should be married to another even to him who is raised from the dead it is christ that we are joined to and again when we think of this present resurrection we have a new outlook on the whole of life which i want to pick up this evening as we uh, continue in this day in which we remember the resurrection of christ in romans 8 and verse 11 but if the spirit of him that raised up jesus from the dead dwell in you He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his spirit that dwelleth in you. You see, the power of the resurrection enables us to overcome. We need to draw on that power. We need to draw on that power by faith. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We need to feed this understanding of the resurrection of the power of the resurrection of Christ. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter twenty and verse six, "Blessed and holy is he that hath part in the first resurrection. On such the second death hath no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ, and shall reign with him a thousand years." Some say that there will be two resurrections at the end of the uh, end of the age. I, I I disagree. I think that this first resurrection is the resurrection unto life. We were dead. In trespasses and sins. And we are raised in Christ, with Christ, to sit together with Christ. We are raised. That's a resurrection. And it is a truism from the scripture that if we are raised with Christ, the second death hath no power. We will be with him. We have eternal life, it is ours. And we will be with him and delight in him for eternity well let us delight in him now let us desire him now let us cast ourselves uh, upon him and and shun the world and and seek to mortify the deeds of the flesh that we might live unto christ by the power of that resurrection which he has wrought in us not just in christ you see by looking and the the gospel writers perhaps understand this Well, certainly the Spirit of God understands this, but looking at the resurrection of Christ as being uh, the historical importance, we forget the present spiritual importance of the resurrection of Christ. By looking at those things 2,000 years ago, we forget that the resurrection is continuing in every soul who is saved, even today and tomorrow until the end of time. That resurrection continues, and that resurrection is ours. We are raised together in Christ. And if we are raised together in Christ, let us walk as those who are raised in Christ. I just want you to turn to Romans chapter 6, and we'll finish with this reading. Romans chapter 6. So often when I'm preparing to, to preach, I think, we really need to do here is to to read the scripture because it's a sermon in itself that's that's what it's there for Uh, and just to understand it so try to give your best attention and and maybe uh, let's ask the lord to to help us just to take in what is being said here as we read it together heavenly father as we read these words we pray that you'd give us an understanding Even as you opened the eyes and opened the understanding of the disciples to understand the scriptures which spake of the resurrection of Christ when they could not fathom what had happened. So, Lord, give us a comprehension just now as we read the scriptures in Jesus' name. So, Romans chapter 6 and verse 2 or verse 1. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid or by no means how shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into jesus christ were baptized into his death he's not speaking about physical baptism in water but he's talking about that which it represents the actual baptism into christ therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as christ was raised up from the dead By the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin, ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ. This is the power of the resurrection. This is the present manifestation of the resurrection. And that is the power that we need. It is no wonder that the apostle says that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. May the Lord bless these words to us. May he be glorified. Amen.